Thank you for choosing to listen to the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. We are thrilled to be sponsored by Vincere, a global ATS system that truly transforms the experience of every single user in the recruitment industry. We are also really proud to be partners to Needy, the bespoke gift matching service using psychology and AI to, to remove boring gifts and experiences. We'll tell you more about them later in the show. And we are also very proud to partner Inclusion Crowd, the diversity and inclusion specialist for the recruitment industry, something that you all need to know about. But again, more information later on in the show. Thank you for choosing to listen. Remember to click the subscribe or follow button so you'll be alerted to any new episodes that we release on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. But enough of this, let's jump into this week's guest. On this week's episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, I was so thrilled to be joined by a fellow podcaster, actually. Alex Hutchins is the co-founder of DataWorks and he's also the host of Think Data Podcast. And I welcomed him onto the show. We've been introduced through Laura Dutton, who works with myself at Key Recruitment. They've known each other a very long time. And Alex actually launched his business with his co-founder right in the height of COVID in 2021. So, we thought this would be really interesting for you, our audience. What made him decide to do that, to leave a very secure MD role, to launch his own business, what he's learned upon that journey, what advice he'd give for other aspiring leaders who are thinking about launching on their own, or those who've got existing companies, how he's maximised the opportunity to launch in what has been a very challenging economic and human time. We also talk about how to stand out on LinkedIn, because he's certainly somebody that's prominently utilised his personal brand to do that, and advice for leaders on ensuring that people that work for you do the same. And we also talk around data and analytics. Now, we don't want to lose you here. It's actually a really, really important part of our conversation, what we can be doing as recruitment leaders and recruiters ourselves running our desks to utilise the data and analytics to make us a more diverse and inclusive industry. You're going to love Alex. He really shares an awful lot about himself. He talks about his wife so beautifully as well. What a lovely human being. I can't wait for you all to get to know him. So without further ado, let's jump in to the episode. This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast and I am thrilled and so excited to welcome to our community today somebody that if you're on LinkedIn I bet you've been watching this person liking sharing commenting and engaging I think you've you've definitely for me embodied an awful lot about what support and engagement is on a global community on LinkedIn but to you our audience Let's get to know Alex. This is Alex Hutchings, and he is the co-founder of DataWorks, and he's also a podcast host of Think Data. So welcome to you today, Alex. How are you? Yeah, great. Thanks. Thanks, Alicia, for having me. It's uh, yeah, my pleasure to uh, come on the show. And yeah, we, uh, so a bit about me, I guess, we launched DataWorks back in May 2021. Um, it's been an interesting journey. I think, obviously, I've been in recruitment for, it's my 19th year now, actually, so uh I've kind of been through it all. I think I started back in 2004. Um, I've worked for kind of a multitude of companies, UK, Europe, uh, working up to MD in my last role. Um, and yeah, now I find myself as kind of a, a, a co-founder of a fledgling kind of data practice. We specialise specifically in the North American and French market, really. So there's another co-founder, Wesley, that we uh, that I work with. We're currently Seven Heads, uh, based in Clapham. We kind of, as with most companies, kind of adopt a kind of hybrid, so we're home 
three days a week and two days in the office. So yeah, we uh, I think actually it was through uh, through you guys that we actually got introduced to our current kind of network as well. So uh, obviously huge thanks to kind of uh, you guys as well, really. Definitely. Um, yeah, we need to say a big thank you to Laura Dutton, who I've known yeah. 2000, uh, 2001 we worked together many years ago at Aspire Network and obviously you've known Laura I think you worked with her in a previous guise as well so yeah and obviously um, you know for, for introducing you to um, to your community which is fantastic and that's a brilliant intro and actually even from that intro even if we hadn't been talking off camera that I've got so many things that I want to go through with you so I think you know our audience will see why we've invited you on here and actually you know if you're listening now we do have a really large um, amount of audience over in America so I think that if you've got you know you've you've got provenance over there as well so I think this will be this will really resonate with people so you gave a great intro there you've obviously been in recruitment about nearly, nearly two just short of two decades <laughs> too long <laughs> yeah. what so what, what I'm really interested because a lot of our audience um we like to say are aspiring leaders those that are in the recruitment market you know most of our audience are recruiters but they're looking and thinking about you know am I in a position to do that so you actually let's position this in terms of our pandemic timeline we were still mm. in the pandemic we were still you know we were only just coming out of lockdown three at the start of 2021 so just talk us through your mindset your preparation and basically the why of you setting up at probably the most, you know, challenging time for our, our human race in, in living history, really. What, what, just present that timeline to us. Yeah, you're right. Actually, it was uh, kind of, I must have been completely mad when I was kind of thinking about setting up. I think actually what hasn't obviously come out is my son, Dylan, was uh, due to be born on the 18th of May. And actually we launched on the 19th of May um so I remember my wife saying to me are you, are you crazy we're about to have a baby and what are you doing but I think taking it back on a six or eight months when I was in the middle of the pandemic we'd obviously gone through a horrendous time I think as a as a leader I had a number of people that relied on me and unfortunately you go through those horrendous conversations where you know there, there may not be a position for them at, off the back of this and I think when I was sitting those conversations we, we restructured it was a it was a tough time I think you're kind of sitting home with your family thinking hang on a minute I'm kind of going back to right back to almost day dot now and thinking I've got to start again under the banner of another business and I've got to grow that function from scratch um, and I was a bit battle scarred and I just thought hang on a minute I've always had aspirations to launch a business but you know there's always life events happen and it kind of stops you stops you doing it so yeah, we, you know, I, I'd obviously had a very close colleague that worked for me, one of the one of the most phenomenally talented recruiters I'd ever worked with. And I just thought, well, he would be a perfect kind of co-founder and someone to go into business with. So we started talking. The car, the stars kind of really aligned, really. And we looked at what we wanted to get out of life, what we really wanted to achieve, and I suppose what steps we needed to take. And I think now now we've done it everyone always says oh I wish I'd done it sooner but actually for me it was the perfect timing because I'd amassed that kind of experience the gray hair I'd made mistakes on someone else's payroll I'd kind of gone through those kind of transitions and I thought well actually what I need now is that platform to really scale and and do it with someone I trusted wholeheartedly so yeah it was a whole load of things coming out and obviously coming back at COVID it was we, we rolled the dice as well because we thought actually we're on such a bottom of a market here it's inevitably will bounce back and actually the timing was perfect because I think day one day two we had a couple of projects we pulled which we carried us through for 12 months and you know now we're obviously in that kind of 
kind of the bottom of another dip and we're kind of going to ride that wave so yeah I think it was uh you know and I think I also spoke to my wife and she just said like what would you think in a year when you think oh, I, I didn't try so at least I kind of rolled the dice and this is where we are now yeah it's not always first of all it sounds like you've got a phenomenal life partner there and your wife bravo to give yeah, you a, yeah. a real baby and your own business baby because I'm a huge I know baby. that's it I feel the same about key recruitment as I do about my children and I'm just going to put it out there I really do <laughs> I feel. um and it's possibly more painful having real children um but that's a different conversation no I think that I love your pragmatic view of how you went about doing it and I think you're absolutely right just to you know say that you know we are recording this at the start of 2023 where you know we're in a we were talking about about it off camera you know the world is in turmoil economies are in mm. turmoil you know who knows how things are pan out and actually I think for those who are truly entrepreneurial that see a, a gap in the market you know there's always going to be opportunity but like you say that's if that's your starting point you can only sort of learn and progress from it and, and, I, and I like your honesty you know I think you know that there are plenty of people that that will be listening to this now that this will resonate and they are going to be sat working for somebody else thinking when is the right time because it I'm might sure. be, you might think well I'm waiting for a massive commission check that's very often what we hear is rector x by the way which I totally understand but will there mm. ever be a right time I'd, I want to pick up on a really good point actually because again this is something that you know, when I've had, you know, we've had the most wonderful, you know, um, archive of, of leaders that have come on the podcast, yourself included. Actually, do you think that you are in the position you're in because you've done it with Wes or do you think you could have achieved it on your own? Do you think there's a true sort of reason to have a partner there rather than just doing it on your own? In 2022, Vin joined forces with the Access Group. Vin has always spoken openly about their ambition to becoming the recruitment operating system by partnering with a heavyweight who shares their vision of providing a single operating system for the front, middle and back office of recruitment firms. There are now no limits as to how far Vincheri can take the platform and the experience they provide to their customers. Vincheri will become the flagship CRM within Access Recruitment's portfolio of products. Same people, same platform, but with way more firepower. Now, Vincheri is offering an exclusive deal for listeners of the Recruiters Recruitment podcast. If you want to know more information, send me a DM and we can introduce you. Yeah, it's a really good point. Actually, one of my close friends, about two and a half, three years ago, he runs a management consultancy, hugely successful. And when I was talking to him about potentially setting up, the one bit of advice he said to me was always go into business with a, with a find a co-founder. And I think the reason for that, um, so A, there's someone to kind of support you, work with you, um, you, know, because, you know, everyone looks at kind of setting up as the kind of, Kind of the silver bullet and the holy grail this is going to be amazing but actually what you need to be prepared to sacrifice is working with colleagues whether that be remotely or in an office you know earnings time with family and clients you know these things are going to be taken away from you pretty quickly and if you have a co-founder and someone you trust implicitly with effectively your lo lifetime earnings potentially yeah. um you, that's something i would never you know, kind of uh it's the best decision I took and it's the best decision I think Wesley took as well that we have someone he's kind of supports me in different areas and 
I support him in different areas. So, yeah, I think, look, going is on your own and becoming that kind of principal biller who just want to maximise your own kind of wealth potential is is absolutely fine and admirable. But I, I strong and there are some great founders in the market we know of who have done it on their own. But I think the world is a far different place now. And having that person who, you know, you, if you want to take the odd day off, you want to take a morning off because you've got to take your kid to school or whatever, they can pick up the slack. So, yeah, I think it's a really good point And it's the best decision I took. Um, and I think another co-founder is great. I think when you start adding two or three others into the mix, I think that's when you might have this conflict of interest and people pulling in different directions. But, yeah, it's the, it's the best, best idea for any founder is to find somebody you trust and get into business with them and and i think that's a really important word there the, the trust element because you, yeah. you you see and you hear of it not you know not, not just in the recruitment industry but across across you know the, the working world where yeah. you know it might be somebody that has approached you know you've got to do your due diligence and i actually think often it is better forging that relationship with somebody that you have actually worked with you've seen how they operate over a period of time because we all know that actions speak far louder than than words and i think you know, I think it's a really important sort of thing for people to think about, you know, you you are much, it's much harder to break a business relationship, business partnership than it is a marriage. So, you know, do, do yeah. it is a word of caution, I think, of, as to if you're thinking of setting up with a co-founder, which I think is brilliant for all the reasons that you've said, just make sure you, you really think about who you are actually going into business with. Because 100%. I think- aligns with your values works in a similar way you're going to have different skill sets that that yin and yang is really important but I think it's definitely something for for people to think about so if I was to have sat next to you two years ago no three years ago beg your pardon when you were thinking about this and you were sort of putting your sort of mindset into it what what advice would you give yourself then as in what what do you think you can impart to our aspiring leaders as to maybe what you would do differently better the same yeah, I think it's an interesting point because you kind of go through these uh, conversations with yourself and then you sanity check things with you, with your, your family, your partner, potential business partner. I think the way I look at it is look at what your end goal is first. So what is your end goal in life? You know, is there a point in time you want to get out of this? You know, as much as we all absolutely love recruitment, uh, there is hopefully a point in our life where we're going to get out of this. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I do love what we do, what I do, but I you know, I always looked at what's my objective, you know, am I looking for, you know, autonomy? Am I looking for flexibility? Am I looking for increased earnings? And am I, am I looking to properly own something? And if the answer is yes to those points, then you just work back from there and say, okay, well, how do we get to that? And, and a lot of people I kind of speak to who are just asking, how's it going? And they say, how is it? And I said, it's utterly terrifying. You know, every day is school day you know you really are coming in and I was kind of coming from a I was an MD a manager I hadn't recruited for five years uh Wesley was a previous top biller he's a phenomenal recruiter so I think he was probably more concerned than I was because he's thinking has this old dinosaur got it um still got it (laughs) but it takes you back to what you love and I think what it takes you back to is the sales side of things so people are asking me now it's like understand your why so why do I want to do this you know, why, why are people going to want to work with me and why are people going to want to work for me? And I think if you can address that, I think actually I've got a good proposition here. Um, but it's also fine to say, I just want to bill 500 grand a year and earn 350 grand a year and live in the countryside, be a nomad. That is also totally admirable. You know, for us, we want to grow. We don't want to be massive. And if we got to 30, 40 heads, that'd be a nice number. But it's, yeah, I think, and I always say, I said this to Laura when, she, when I first spoke to her, 
is you know if you're if you're billing north of 200k a year with your own clients and yeah. you're not overly reliant on company house accounts at least have the conversation with either vehicles investment vehicles or platforms or other people doing it and just roll the dice and try because you know you, you're gonna you're gonna regret not trying I guess yeah I'm glad I nearly finished sentence for you then because I knew that's what you were gonna say no I think it's really um I think it's a really true representation of you know what you've experienced over the last two years but actually I hear this so many times from people who you know they know that that's the, the first step that they need to take and you can be doing that right now, running your own desk for, for a business, but, you for know, sure. to take that sort of percentage and proportion of it. And I like the fact that you've said, you know, for, for some people, and that's where your why is so individual and unique to you, you know, it might be that you just want to create more freedom for yourself for time. Um, but, you know, the caveat is that when you launch your own business, you will work harder than you've ever worked in your life. Don't do not be fooled by you know instagram and tiktok where people are just out doing stuff you know we, you don't see the hard work the five o'clock starts the 10 o'clock finishes because that's it that's, that's the truth. it and i think we've also got to consider and what i'm really fortunate is have a support network around you my wife is fantastic or close friends who fully um back that decision and, and on your point i work in the north america market but i mean i'm start work at 7 38 every morning and then I'm working till nine, ten o'clock every night, and that was the set. That was the first eighteen months, Saturdays, and just doing those hours to get yourself. Now it becomes a little bit more manageable because you become more diligent and structured with your hours. But yeah, and I think it's also just knowing that niche, sticking to it, and valuing your service offering. If you're known for being, you know, your USP is price, you've, you've done something wrong here. You know, you've really got to come in and say people will pay for that quality service and actually say. Let's go in and do it. But yeah, surround yourself with people that back you and don't, you know, Amy, my partner, you know, she, she doesn't resent me for the time I'm spending in this room every day. She's actually encouraging it. However, when the weekends come, it's like, right, you can look after the children. <laughs> I'm going to get on with it. I'm definitely with Amy on that one, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Now, so obviously we got to know each other through Laura, but also through yep. your phenomenal LinkedIn prowess um you seem to have just grown and grown I don't know if that's just the algorithm on LinkedIn so talk to us about you know obviously on your podcast you have a, a hook I think it's how to stand out in a crowded market and you certainly seem to be doing that so how can you take the um, experience that you've gained in in promoting yourself to those listening now that are trying to do the same thing without trying to sound like and look like everybody else the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast is thrilled to be partnering with Inclusion Crowd. Inclusion Crowd put the D into diversity, but do it disruptively. We love that. Really reflecting what we're about. I was introduced to Inclusion Crowd back in 2020, and I've been absolutely blown away with what they're doing to totally transform the recruitment and hiring sector. They believe at Inclusion Crowd that companies should be reflective of society and that no matter who you are listening now, you have a story to tell. You have a contribution to make. An Inclusion Crowd educates you in allowing your voice to come out and share that story, but doing it in a way that educates your colleagues and your customers equally. Inclusion Crowd like the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, has clients all over the world and they specialise in our industry. What we all want to do together 
is to maintain best practice and to raise industry standards to enable us to attract and retain the best talent, but doing so inclusively and with true diversity. By doing this, by accomplishing a true EDI policy within your business, you will also retain the top talent as well as attract new talent, which is a win-win for everybody listening, making more profitable business and a much better industry, highly regarded. Inclusion Crowd are also the official awarding body for the Inclusion and Diversity Certification Mark within recruitment. We are so proud to be assisting and partnering Inclusion Crowd. If you want to know more information, please click on the link in this episode and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you do so. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, it's a good point. And actually, I was, I used to post on LinkedIn, but very ad hoc. And it was always those kind of posting a job or posting you know, something which was related to the market. But actually, over time, especially with a new business, because when you're coming from, I worked for a couple of businesses, one in particular who had a, you know, I think about 350, 400,000 followers on their company page. They had a fantastic platform and their marketing team was was amazing so we were kind of benefiting from that and I think what happened is is when you move away from that and you're kind of setting up data works and things like who the the hell are these guys you kind of all you have is your personal brand um so I think the the best advice for everyone is and I I have the same conversation with the guys that work with us it's just saying if you think it if you kind of it means something to you pop it out there it doesn't need to be controversial I see a lot of posts out there which you can kind of tell they're trying to get the likes and the controversy is what they kind of aspire to be controversial. And, you know, I'm more of the kind of mindset if there's something which I think is frustrating me or there's just a, a trend I'm picking up on. It doesn't need to be long. And, um, you know, we all forget LinkedIn is free. It's got hundreds of millions of people on it, but people are still shy and nervous about putting stuff out there. And I think if you're a leader in that space, it's also about empowering your each of your team members to have a voice. A lot of companies, we've seen these kind of posts on LinkedIn themselves, ironically, that companies own LinkedIn accounts and when they leave, they delete their connections and they become so nervous about you having your own brand. And actually, from with the other side of it, we're like, drive your own brand because it, it will always benefit you eventually anyway as a, as a leader and a business owner. So I think just making sure your value proposition is clear, how are you engaging? What's your tone of voice? You know, you know, someone messaged me the other day. So I, I love kind of how honest and frank you are. And I was like, well, that's kind of me anyway. Don't try and be. That's who you are. Someone else. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And and I think, you know, it's and I'm not here to be sort of scathing about anybody posting anything because I'm, I'm a huge believer. Just put yourself out there. But mm. there's a lot of contrite posts out there that you can see it's there to try and get the engagement and the likes. But you mm. think. Would I actually then go and buy something off that person, whatever that might be? Probably not. So I think that there's, I think we are at a pivotal point on LinkedIn. I really do, where I think it's really gained momentum in 2020, clearly, as from a personal branding point of view for recruitment leaders, particularly. And I think it's going to reach some sort of, I don't know if it'll be a crescendo where I think it'll just get stripped right back again and we'd mm. all sound like each other again. So I think what you've said there, and I think if I have never spoken to you until today, despite the link with Laura, I haven't, but I felt like I knew you and you are exactly. <laughs> 
the person that I see on LinkedIn. You're honest, you're open, you're funny, you, you're talking about real things and you know, you've, you're obviously an expert in your space. So I think that you've created a real balance and that's what, it doesn't matter whether you're recruiting chefs, lorry drivers, data, recruiters like me, that you've got to be true to your audience in terms of who you actually are. I listened to a really good, um, it was a live event on, an audio event on LinkedIn this morning actually before I before I started recording today um with some personal branding experts and including Amelia Sordell who is phenomenal Belinda Agnew over in Australia yeah. she's phenomenal she's a podcaster as well and recruiter and the, the sort of I guess the upshot is from these really prolific you know they've got hundreds of thousands of followers on LinkedIn is that you 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 have your own voice so use your own voice, you know, don't be contrived, don't try and sound like somebody else, because people will see right through that. But for leaders listening, how do you ensure that you are empowering, which it sounds like you're doing, which is what I love about you, empowering your people to be encouraged to share their own, their mm. own stuff, because I think, you know, we we get a lot of people coming to us to ask for advice, like, you know, I've resigned, obviously, you know, people replacing, I've resigned, they've asked me to delete all my LinkedIn, and I'm like, what? Why? You know, what, who yeah. do benefit? You know, that, that, so I think hire, hire people, you use the word hire people on values, and you mm. won't have to worry about what people are posting, but, 100%. but be careful who you go to work for, that you, you're, you're actually working for somebody that has your values too. 100%. And I also think on that point about deleting your contacts, it, it says a lot about the nervousness and uh, kind of uncertainty internally at, at those firms. If they're so worried that you are going to leave and do something with it. And as I say, I've got experiences firsthand of these kind of uh, situations happening. And actually, when we set up DataWorks, and I said, oh, you know, what do you want to stand for? So we want to take everything we hated in our previous roles and just leave them there. And actually everything we loved. And then we took some amazing stuff away from our previous firms. And there's other things we thought, it's just, just nonsense. You don't need to do that. But yeah, I think LinkedIn is a, my concern with LinkedIn is on your point there, plagiarism. And obviously there's a lot of kind of people putting stuff out there. And actually that's great. And, you know, because I encourage that, but equally I think, does this add value? Do I, do I actually, am I putting stuff out there where people would think, oh, that's interesting rather than just, you know, the, the, the pictures of, you know, like, like people's personal life, I find they're great, but it's how they're delivered. I think yeah. it's kind of sometimes yeah. you see a fine line. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree with you. So you are a fellow podcaster. Tell us about your yep. podcast. Yes, I think Data Podcast was kind of born off the back of a number of candidates we were speaking to in the market kept asking us advice about how do how do I break into a specific yeah. area within analytics and one of those specifically is is analytics engineering and without getting too technical it's a really kind of growth market and but you a lot of people want to get into it because it's so fast-paced and growing but they didn't know the steps they needed to take and also there's this kind of uh misconception you need to have that classic STEM education background to find a career in data, but actually that's absolutely nonsense. You can have fantastic self-learning, self-taught education and learn by doing. Um, so the podcast is really, it's very early on. We launched in the middle of November. Uh, we're targeting and speaking to people who are either carrying out the role themselves, where they're giving advice and top tips and best practice about how they got to where they were, or they're a leader who have basically scaled functions and teams and they're showing the steps they took whilst office, uh, kind of imparting their knowledge onto potential candidates. 
And then the other side of it is from kind of careers and development consultants within analytics who are saying these are the steps you can take because actually there's so many kind of career advice channels there's almost too much out there and what we're trying to do is bring it onto one platform um and so far the response has been great and actually it's a great you know it's, as you know yourself you don't make money from it um you're not kind of doing this for the kind of advertising and the, the millions of followers like the Stephen Bartlers of the world but we are doing it because it provides a platform where someone can go on to and hopefully they take one thing away from those uh, meetings and, and fantastic that's what I, I say my aim is to have one person take one thing away from each episode yeah. and, and I've educated them and yeah. you know, for me I think that you can tell I mean obviously we'd all love to be Stephen Bartlett but some of the the ones that I love to listen to are you know I'm sure they've probably got similar followers to me it's where there's it's a genuine passion and where the host and the guest clearly connect and there's a reason why they're talking to each other and it's just about sharing your wisdom isn't it and yeah, exactly. you know, it's understanding people's journeys and you've been really open about your, you know your personal situation too and I, and I love that about you Alex I, I, I you know firmly wish you well when we share this podcast episode we will make sure that there is a link to your podcast too awesome whilst I'm sure it would probably pickle my brain I'm sure there's a lot we can learn from <laughs> analytics people um specifically because our sector is is driven isn't it our sector now is very driven by analytics do you see that there has been a real shift in how recruitment leaders are using data and analytics now ourselves we are so proud to be partners of needy the gifting revolution here at key recruitment we absolutely love to send out bespoke gifts to our new place candidates to welcome them in their new jobs but also as an extra special thank you to clients or when a team is celebrating something really special. But to be honest, we were really fed up with dull or mediocre gifts that you could just buy on the high street that didn't really reflect who we are at Key Recruitment as a business. This is why we chose Needy. Needy source sustainably from the UK's best independent businesses, offering the most perfect array of bespoke gifts and experiences too. So no more boring bottles of plonk or rubbish boxes of chocolates. This is how you make your customers day with a gift that really matters and shows that you really want to do something special for them. For more information on how psychology and AI forming to make the best gift experience for you, click on the link and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when ordering. Now, back to the episode. 100%. Yeah, I think um, if I go back to what, 2004 when I walked onto my first recruitment sales floor, I, we had like an access database. In fact, we just transitioned from... I think it was Excel or something around access and it was there just for loading data in. and now you fast forward to what 2023 20, 19 years later you've got products out there uh like look at people like cube 19 you got one up you've got companies that uh who, I know cube 19 is now part of bullhorn and you've got this data analytics uh for us is what we kind of rely on every single day and I think there's probably three main areas and one is obviously the, the natural CRM data so obviously helping reduce vacancy times kind of increasing recruiter productivity, improving candidate and client engagement, that can all be automated through a good uh, CRM. Uh, we use Venturi, um, and actually when you use those uh, tools really well, people coming in, um, 
should already kind of be kind of a step of ahead of the competition really then you've obviously got the the life blows the financial data and actually when I when I was in a previous agency I'd obviously have a finance and accounting team but when, when you become a business owner as you can probably relate to you are that finance and accounting team um but you've got products like you know zero so you can actually start to look at cash flow forecasting you start to actually look at that data properly you can drill down in client spend you can actually start to look at some real kind of potential bottlenecks down the line and then the final thing which we are looking at now and we did adopt in my previous company's gamification data so really we brought in a product it was uh, it was an amazing product in my previous firm and it kind of revolutionized the sales floor because you basically pull all the data out of the crm and you create games incentives you can do sales days you can uh, just put things up on uh, huge tvs around the office you can have some fun with it and actually one up and cube 19 are great examples of those products that kind of revolutionize that data from a gamification standpoint so yeah data is massive i also think you're seeing more and more now um data actually helps a lot of our customers because whilst they have ATSs, some of them be amazed how many of them don't know how their vacancy performance is going along it helps them tweak processes we can work on market mapping competition data hiring trend data so actually for us even though we are in data analytics if we didn't have that i think we'd be quite rudderless and quite uh, quite blind and have some potential issues present themselves that we could have potentially seen if we had access to that data definitely and just to add to that final point as well <clears throat> there's um obviously there's a huge shift towards understanding diversity and inclusion and i think without your yeah. data understanding and actually being being able to present that and you know guide your clients accordingly you're going to get lost you percent able to sort of value that i love the game of gamification angle i've always believed that you know human beings like to be playful we like to get involved you know who doesn't like pushing buttons or winning a prize you know it's it, it, it's a huge hugely missed part i think for a lot of recruiters i mean you know whether you're in a boutique or listening in a massive large business you can utilize that uh, effects really no but I'm, I'm, re I'm really pleased i brought that up with you because we, we'd obviously talked about that off camera we don't want mm. to lose, we don't want to lose people's interest but i do actually think you're listening now there's even whether you're working in a three-person business like key recruitment or whether you're working in a you know 50-person business or 500-person business we, we use it to our advantage it's how we improve ourselves it's you know the, the whole sort of kaizen mentality if you're not using your data to look at what you've been doing, how can you then improve and progress forward? It's as simple as that. 100%. I think your diversity piece is really valid as well. We've got a report coming out at the end of, well, middle of next week, and we've analysed, I think it's 4,000 hiring managers. And when you look at the diversity, um, the ethnicity uh, challenges as well, the underrepresented groups, you'd be amazed when you actually look at the stark reality of that data, you think, wow, okay, so 29% of our hiring managers are female and that's like 71 percent are therefore male that's you know terrible but presents an opportunity for you to educate and Absolutely. um and you can't get away from data it's you know it's the you can't, can't manipulate it exactly, can exactly. That? No, no exactly it's really no i'm really pleased that i brought that up as well given that we're partnering with inclusion crowd this year so um it's awesome. a they are educating recruit recruitment business owners in how to 
truly understand what diversity and inclusion and, and equitability actually means and that's across all channels so yeah that's that's why we've chosen to partner with them because we want to educate people because it's our responsibility to do that and it improves our industry this is i knew we'd cover a lot um <laughs> it's been so much fun and i'm sure that people will want to follow you so we'll make sure that all your contact details are on there as well but thank you so much for joining us on the recruited recruitment podcast thanks Lisa. i appreciate it